return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. For to to the stage here, and let's just give him a clap offering as he comes. Isaac's a great brother, a great friend, and we're so glad that he's here at the Tabernacle. Amen. Bless you, Isaac. Hallelujah. Shall we bow down our heads for a word of prayer? So tonight, Lord, we give you glory and give you praise. We worship you and adore your name for our very lives, O Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to be seated in your presence. It is our prayer that may you bless us even before we leave. We are praying that even in this word ministration, may your spirit move in our lives and may we not be the same again. At the end of the day, we'll give you glory, praise, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So tonight, I bless God also for my life, and I bless God for your lives. Um, I'm also grateful to Pastor Dave and Mama Jeannie, Pastor Randen, for giving us this platform to also share the word of God. And I know that it is the things of God you are doing, and God will definitely bless you. God bless you tonight for coming. Tonight we'll be talking about the power of fellowship. The power of fellowship. Um, fellowship is a very critical and very important aspect of our Christian fellowship or Christian work or our Christian faith. And when we talk about fellowship, we are just talking about the coming together or the communion of people. And in this case, we are talking about Christian fellowship. So believers, you know, with one purpose, just like tonight, we have all gathered together, we are in fellowship. We are here to pray together, we are here to listen to the word of God together, and we are here to worship and praise God together. And there is always power in fellowship. Hallelujah. The book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 to 25 gives us some of the importance of of, of fellowship. So Bible says that let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more, as you see the day approaching. So here we see three very important, you know, aspects of fellowship, or three very three things that three things that fellowship actually does in the life of believers. First of all, when we meet in fellowship, it stirs love amongst us. Hallelujah! So when we come and we we exchange pleasantries, when we come. And we hug each other when we come and, you know, encourage each other with the word of God. What we are doing is that we are expressing love and God actually is a God of love. Hallelujah. So, so love is made evident when we are in, in fellowship. It also talks about stirring up good works. So anytime we gather and we come in fellowship, it stirs up good works. Bible says that we are God's workmanship and we've been created to do good works. So when we come and we hear the word of God, it, it, it reminds us, of who we are in Christ, and it, 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 it reminds us of our purpose and our calling in Christ, and we begin to do the bidding of God. You know, it reminds us that 
To do good work is to live righteously for God. So anytime we come together, we hear the word of God that stimulates us, that encourages us, you know, to love God and to live right for God. So these are some of the things about good works. And it also talks about exhorting. In other version, it talks about encouraging. And one, one good thing I, I see about fellowship is the aspect of encouraging. Sometimes the day may be rough. Sometimes the week may be bad. The news you might have heard may not be so good. But when you come to the house of God and we have fellowship, you see your brother face to face. We talk amongst ourselves. We pray to God. We listen to the word of God. We are stirred up and we are encouraged in Christ Jesus. And you even forget about your worries and you are motivated to do great things for the Lord. But tonight, one, yes, today in church, I think I was sitting in the third row and I, I, one of our Ghanaian friends asked another colleague, how has it been in the course of the semester? And she, sel- she seldomly comes to church, but today she came to church and her response was that it hasn't been easy, but it is as if God planned it for me to come to church today. Because the word of God that came from the pulpit today actually encouraged me. The word of God that came to me today has given me that, has told me that there is hope for the future. And even though the semester doesn't look so good right from the beginning, I believe that because of the word of God, things will be right. And that is fellowship. We are encouraged. We are stirred up in Christ. But tonight, one aspect I want to dwell on is that fellowship precedes great happenings. Hallelujah. Fellowship precedes great happenings. In the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 42, we see that clearly in the life of the early church. You know, Bible says that when the Holy Ghost came and the, the disciples were empowered and Peter preached and 3,000 souls were saved, Bible says that the church began to expand. And Bible said that they gathered together in one accord. And they continued in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayers. The verse, verse 43 so when you read the verse 43, something awesome happened. Bible says that, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Hallelujah. So fellowship always precedes great happenings. The mere fact that the people of God were always in constant fellowship. They came to you know, study the word of God, the apostles' doctrine. They came to pray together. They came to worship God together. They came to praise the Lord together. Bible says that, wonders and signs always happened amongst them. Tonight, I believe that as we are in the spirit of fellowship, God is moving in this place. I believe that healings are taking place. I believe that there is revival stirring up in the spirit of people. I believe that prayers are being answered tonight. I believe that great things are happening that our eyes cannot see just because we are in fellowship. Hallelujah. So anytime there is fellowship, the aftermath of fellowship comes with signs and wonders. And tonight I pray that if you have any prayer request on heart, if you have anything you are expecting from the Lord, I pray that in this ambience, in this environment, in this atmosphere, as we wait before the Lord and in one accord, we look up to Jesus. May you not live here the same. Hallelujah. And when you look at Acts chapter 2 verse 1, Bible even talks about the fact that the outpour of the Holy Spirit came after fellowship. So Bible said that when Jesus was ascending to heaven, he told the disciples to go and wait in Jerusalem because he has promised them of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible said that they tarried in Jerusalem. Sometimes you may be forced to think that the tarrying was that they just went to sit down and they were, just, they were just waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. 
I believe that they did what we are just doing today. I believe that when they gathered, they were praying. I believe that when they gathered, there was Peter or someone there giving a word of exhortation. I believe that when they were gathered, they were singing praises and honor unto the Lord. And Bible said that as they waited upon the Lord, God never failed. Tonight, I tell you that God will never fail you. Even in this spirit of fellowship, may the Lord never fail you. And Jesus was true to his word. Bible said that the Holy Spirit came upon them mightily. And the wonderful thing about it is that a great thing sparked up in their spirit. Men who were untrained, men who were illiterate, men who were uneducated. Bible said that they began to speak in tongues of other people. And it was like a miracle. People did not understand. They knew who they were. They were fishermen. They had no records. But because of the power of the Holy Spirit that came through the fellowship of the disciples, they began to speak in diverse songs. And Peter was emboldened by the Holy Spirit, and he preached, and one day 3,000 souls were saved. It means that fellowship comes with some kind of power. Hallelujah. And I pray that tonight the power in fellowship will be effected in our lives in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 4 verse 31. Bible says that, and when they received the Holy Spirit, they went out, you know, sharing the gospel, telling people about Jesus Christ. And Bible said that they were even healing the sick and they were doing wonders. It, it, it's true, the gift of the Holy Spirit is even sparked up in us in fellowship. I pray that if you are yearning for any gift of the Holy Spirit, I pray that in this moment of fellowship, may the Lord begin to cause it to rise up in you in the name of Jesus. And Bible said that because they were, they were so bold, full of the Holy Spirit, they went about teaching the word of God, healing people in the name of Jesus, and the, the, the people be, began to hate them. You know, they were caught and put in prisons, and they were threatened never to mention the name of Jesus any longer. And Bible said that they were so scared. And when Peter and John went back to their colleagues and they told them about what had happened and how they were being threatened, Bible said that they joined hand in fellowship and they began to pray. And Bible said that there was a great earthquake and then their spirit was stirred up and they were emboldened to go out and share the gospel than ever before. Always great things happen after fellowship. And because of all these wonderful things that, you know, that, that, emanates out of fellowship. One of the strategies of the enemy is to prevent the fellowship of the saints. You see, the devil always devises strategies from generations to generations, and because he's so clever, but he's not greater than our God, he knows every season and what strategy to use against the believer. The devil only comes after us not to take our possessions, not to take our earthly goods. All that he wants to do is to do things to us that will cause us to lose faith in our God. So in a time like this, one of the strategies the enemy is using is that he wants to oppose fellowship. And the only thing he wants to do is that he wants to have a grip on the believer so that the believer cannot have his liberty in Christ Jesus. So when you look at in recent times, we have the COVID pandemic and there, there are so many things happening. And because people are scared of their health, now you know, people are shying away from fellowship. Churches used to be very crowded. People loved the Lord, came and loved fellowship, came to serve the Lord. But the devil is putting fear in people that even in the house of God you can contract this disease. So don't come to church. His plan is not just that you don't go to church. His plan is that he doesn't want you to reap the results of fellowship. He doesn't want you to experience the power of God that comes out of fellowshipping with the believers. So in church, in Ghana, I remember when the COVID-19 pandemic came, 
um, the president brought an order that, you know, Africans love church a lot. So they thought that one of the ways by which the disease was spread in the country is that you limit people going, going to church. So for, for a long time, for several months, people were at home, not going to church. But then you, 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 you are at liberty to go to the market, you are at liberty to go to work, and people were asking, why would you prevent people from going to church, but rather they can go to work and go to the market? So, in fact, market is a very dangerous place in Ghana. In Ghana, we have malls like Walmart, but they are not really patronized. Not only in Ghana, but in Africa. Our, our markets are actually big markets, crowded markets. Everybody, you know, sometimes when you get to a market in Africa, you may even lose your way. It's so crowded. And people are not even obeying social distancing rules. The protocols are, are not obeyed over there. Why can't people go to the market, which is more risky than going to the church, where, where there is healing, the church where the Spirit of God is at work? Hallelujah. So these are some of the strategies. And now even believers have decided not to go to church again. They are no longer engaging in fellowship. And because of that, the enemy is having a grip on them. But tonight, I want to inspire you. Tonight, I want to tell you the word of God. That God dwells where there is fellowship. So tonight, the spirit of the Lord is here. The Bible said that where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there with them. So even in the market where people are, not, are there not in the name of God, but to make business and to sell things and get money, they can't contract the disease. How about the house of God? So fellowship is very, very important. Fellowship is very, very important. I want to dwell on Judges chapter 1, verse 1 to 8. Here I see fellowshipping unleashing the power of God in a special way. It may sound like the Old Testament, but I believe that these things are things God wants us to know. In Judges chapter 1, verse 8, Bible talks about, So after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall be the first to go up for us against the Canaanites? To fight against them. And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Indeed, I, shall, I have delivered the land into his hand. So Judah said to Simon, his brother, Come up with me to my allotted territory, that we may fight against the Canaanite. And I will likewise go with you to your allotted territory. And Simon went with him. Then Judah went up, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into, the, into their hands. And they killed 10,000 men at Bezek. And they found Adonai Bezek in, in Bezek and fought against him and defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Then Adonai Bezek fled and they pursued him and caught him and cut, and cut off his thumbs and big toes. And Adonai Bezek said, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off. You used to gather scraps under my table as I have done. So God has repaid me. Then they brought him to Jerusalem. And there he died. Now the children of God, the children of Judah fought against Jerusalem and took it. And they stuck it with the edge of the sword and set the city on fire. So this tells us about a very wonderful story in scripture. And this story is about the people of Israel who got to the promised land, Canaan. You know, after so many years of struggling through the wilderness, by the grace of God, they got to their promised land. So I pray that God will take you to your promised land. Tonight, I just want to tell you that no matter what you are going through, no matter the obstacles on the way, no matter how long it tarries, God is still in the miracle-working business, and he shall lead you to where you want to get to. Now, the Bible says that when they go to the promised land, 
God through, you know, God inspired Joshua and he began to allot the lands, you know, to the tribes, 12 tribes of Israel. So he allotted, you know, portions of the land to the 12 tribes of Israel. But till the time he died, most of the land had not been acquired. The land was still being occupied by the enemies, the Canaanites. So people were a bit worried because if God has actually brought a promise or God has actually given me this portion of land and for this long I have not received my portion, then is God a liar? Tonight I want to tell you that God is not a liar. Anything he says, he shall fulfill it. So don't worry about the things that people are saying. At the right time, the Lord himself will prove himself faithful. Hallelujah. So Bible says that Joshua was about, Joshua died anyway, and the people of Israel were stuck. They were like, the prophet who led us here is gone. And even throughout the time that he lived, we had not taken the possession. How is it going to be that without this man of God, how can we get our portions of the land? So Bible said that they waited on the Lord, and then the Lord brought an order that they wanted to know which tribe would lead them. You know, to acquire the land. And Bible said that the word of the Lord came and he said that Judah shall go ahead of you. For I have given the land to them. But Judah realized how the place was. And how tough the terrain was. Now, at the time, the portion that was given to Judah was occupied by the Canaanites. Now, the Canaanites were led by a very powerful king called Adonai Bezek. When you read scripture very well, Bible said that this man was a very powerful king. He was ruthless and very barbaric. Now, what he did was that he captured most of the land, he conquered nations, he, conquered, he captured most of the land, and then his interests or his targets were the kings. So anytime he captured you, took the land, what he did was that he captured the kings of those lands, and he cut off their big thumbs and cut off their big toes. And that was his reputation he gained in that terrain. Now, knowing and seeing how dangerous it was going to be, Bible said that Judah didn't want to go alone. And here we see the spirit of fellowship coming in a very powerful way. He said that the land has been given to me, but I need my brother Simon. Tonight I need you, hallelujah. Tonight you also need me. That is why we are gathered here in fellowship. And I believe that in this spirit of fellowship, great things shall happen. Bible said that it was very difficult to take the land. But then, because they came together, it was possible. Now, the lifestyle of Adonai Bezek is just like the, the life of the enemy, the devil. What the devil does in John chapter 10 verse 10, Bible says that he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And, and the life of Adonai Bezek just epitomizes the enemy. Now, what the enemy does is that he steals your joy. What he does is that he steals your peace, he steals your health, he steals your finances, he steals everything that God has in store for you, so that you'll be bitter against God and lose your faith. And that was what Adonai Bezek was doing. His target was also the kings, the royals. Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 that you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. So the, the target of the enemy is we the priests, is we the, the royals, we the kings. Hallelujah. The enemy's target is you the Christian. And, and what he does is that he cuts off, you know, the thumbs. And one thing about the thumb is that in the olden days, especially in the, among the Romans, people were enlisted into the military. Okay, so young men would be enlisted into the military to fight. And it is very dangerous. So somewhat, most, most of the time, what the young men do is that because they want to be, 
They do not want to go for battles. They chop off their own thumbs. So anytime the officer comes and they see your thumb, you know, cut off, it means you are useless. It means you are weak. So what he does to the kings is that he cuts off their thumbs so that they cannot wield, you know, weapons. They are no longer authoritative as they are supposed to be. And that is what the enemy does to believers. He comes and cuts off our thumbs spiritually. And, 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 and he makes you weak. Prayer, you, are, you are prayerless. You are unable to pray. And, 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 and you, your love for the Lord is weakened. And that is what he did to the kings. And that is the way of the enemy. And one thing he does is that physically, your health is weakened. Physically, your finances are weakened. Physically, everything that is so dear to you, that, that can take away your joy. And that can make you, you know, move away from God. He targets it and weakens it. One thing the enemy does is that he cuts off their big toes so that the kings can no longer run. So the enemy's target is that spiritually he cuts off your toes so you cannot do exploits for the Lord. And physically he slows your progress. Physically he prevents advancement and he prevents promotion. So these things may sound physical, but spiritually it has an implication in the life of the believer. So for the kings, it was cut off physically, but it took away their authority as, as kings. It took away their ability to hold weapons. You know, it slowed them down. Their toes were cut off. And now they began to pick up scraps from under his table. And that is what the enemy wants to reduce believers to. He wants to reduce us from that high level to a level of mediocrity. So you are slowed. You are not able to pray. Your love for the Lord is dwindled. The things you do for God, you are not able to do them any longer. Your health is compromised. Everything physical about you is, is compromised. And you begin to feel bitter. And you begin to settle for less. And that is the ways of the enemy. And that is what Adonai Bezek was doing physically. But thanks be to God that there is something called fellowship. Bible says that, and when Judah saw how Herculean and how challenging this was going to be, he engaged in fellowship with his brothers, the Simeonites. And Bible says that when they came together, it was not the 12th tribe of Israel, but just two. They were able to conquer this king who had conquered over 70 nations, and they were able to possess their possessions. So one thing we see about fellowship is that anytime we engage in fellowship, it releases our possessions onto us. Tonight, in this spirit of fellowship, I pray that every possession that is yours, that has been taken away by the enemy for far too long, I pray that even as the Spirit of the Lord is here, may you possess your possession, even in the name of Jesus. And, 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 and prayers are answered. I pray that prayers will be answered even tonight. When you read the book of Psalm 133, verse 1 to 2, Bible talks about fellowship as an anointing. He said how good and how pleasant it is for believers or for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like precious oil upon the head. You know, that flows through the beard, the beard of Aaron. It talks about an anointing. And Bible said that the anointing breaks the yoke. It means that when we come in fellowship, the anointing of the Lord is present to break every yoke. The anointing of the Lord is present to take away every obstacle. I pray that in this atmosphere, every obstacle be broken in the name of Jesus. I pray that in this atmosphere, the anointing of the Lord be released even in the name of Jesus. And victory is won when we come in fellowship. So as we worship the Lord, as we praise the Lord, as we pray together, as we sing together, as we dance together, and think about the goodness of the Lord, as we listen to the word of God together, victory is won in the spiritual realm. 
the Lord does great and wonderful things. That is why the Bible says that where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there in the midst. So tonight the Lord is present. And anywhere the Lord is, there is victory. Bible said that anywhere the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So tonight I believe that there is liberty for the captives. Tonight I believe that because you did not stay home, because you didn't think of COVID-19, but rather you believe and trusted that the Lord we serve is an ever-present God who meets his people at the point of need. And because you are seated here under his feet, I pray that may miracles even happen in your life. I pray that may the Lord begin to bring you victories. I pray that before you leave here, may prayers that seem to have been unanswered for so many years be answered. Just because there is power in fellowship. Tonight, I want to encourage you that don't look at the things that are happening. Don't listen to people who are saying that because I am afraid I will not come to the house of the Lord. They are missing something great. As we sit in fellowship, as we worship the Lord, as we even listen to the word of God, we see great things happening. You may not fall today by the anointing. You may not see it physically. But spiritually, something is happening. So, I want to tell you that there is power in fellowship. It goes beyond just the encouragement we receive. It goes beyond, you know, the love that we express amongst us uh, ourselves. But there is a great happening that takes place anytime we come into the house of the Lord. And this makes me to understand and, 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 and actually understand why David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I believe that there was a mystery that David saw that we have not seen yet. I believe that he, he got some solace in the house of the Lord when he came into fellowship. I believe that he, he, his, spirit, his spirit was revived than ever before any time he came in fellowship in the house of the Lord. That is why he always desired to come into the house of the Lord. So tonight I want to tell you that there is power in fellowship. Anytime we come together, you may not see it physically, but God is working through things. God is changing things. God is bringing things into place. God is putting the enemy back to his rightful place. So we do not want to be taking scraps like the kings whose thumbs were cut off, the kings whose toes were, 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 were cut off, but rather we want to be children of God who understand that when we come into the house of the Lord, the enemy can be put back to his rightful place. Tonight, God has something special for you. And he's saying that there is, there is, there is something great in fellowship. So, Love fellowship with the brethren, love coming to the house of the Lord, love worshiping, you know, desire the house of the Lord than any other place you can ever think of. And I believe that as we do all these things, the Lord looks down from heaven and he shows us favor. I believe that he sees us sitting here. There is definitely a difference between you, he has, you there's a difference between you sitting here than somebody who is now on his bed because you have come to the house of the Lord, because you are in fellowship. And something extraordinary should happen. Bible said that them that seek the Lord should know that he exists. And indeed, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Tonight, I pray that may he be your rewarder. Even as you've come to have fellowship in the house of the Lord. So there is power in fellowship. The fellowship of two tribes toppled a rootless king. And gave them their possession. And I believe that tonight, in fellowship, God will topple the, the, topple the enemy. And make sure that anything the enemy has taken in your life shall be replaced. Let us love the Lord. Let us love fellowship. And I believe that tonight your life has not been the same again. Because the Spirit of the Lord is here. God richly bless you tonight for listening to the word of God. And just understand that great happenings take place after fellowship. As you go home, be expectant of the move of the Lord. As you go home, be expectant that that prayer has been answered. 
as you go home, just know that the Lord has done what you have entrusted in his hands. May the Lord bless us, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shall we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, I want to bless you tonight and give you all the glory. We thank you for a time like this in your presence. We give you glory for letting us understand that great things happen when we come to fellowship. Tonight we pray even that your word will be established even in our lives. That every word you have said concerning us will come to pass even in Jesus' name. We pray that every Adonai Bezek, every plot of the enemy that is you know, stifling our progress, that is stifling our peace, that is taking away our joy. We pray that tonight in this spirit of fellowship, may you topple the enemy over. We are praying that may we leave going home hearing our prayers answered. May we leave going home knowing that indeed you have visited us in a special way. I pray and I thank you and I give you all the glory for stirring up in our spirit the love for fellowship. We give you glory and we give you praise for what you have done in our lives, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.